Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash malicious compliance, where OP listens to his stupid boss. Our next Reddit post is from Fubar. Back when I was working at a small company, the company didn't really have a ton of support staff, so I'd take a break from the various programming tasks I was doing and help out. The manager of the support team was completely unqualified and basically got the job because he was also the head of sales and it was a customer-facing team. He was also a lazy Luddite who refused to learn how things work and generally made our lives much more difficult. One day I was covering on the support desk because they were short-staffed and I got a call from him that he needed his password changed. I was confused at first and started to walk him through the steps on how to change it himself. And he shouted angrily, No, god dang it, just change it. Write it down on a post-it note and give it to me. And then he hung up. So I sat there for a minute and remembered that I don't report to him at all. So I changed his password for him. I made it 18 characters long, and it was a combination of uppercase I, lowercase l, one, exclamation mark, and tall bracket. He was not happy. Especially after he mistyped enough times to lock his computer and he couldn't log in for the rest of the day. Because the support guy who had the access to do a hard password reset was out for the day. Guys, how many times do I have to say this? Don't mess with the IT guy at work. And then down in the comments, we have a similar story from the MCP. Only 18 characters? My boss once got pissy about something and demanded control access to the very sensitive system that we had built for the company. We had given him an account which would allow him to see all the summaries, but he wanted control of everything, which would allow him to destroy the company in a heartbeat if he did something stupid. And I knew that he wasn't technically qualified to have this kind of access. He absolutely demanded it, and I'd be fired if I didn't give him the password for the super user account at once. So I brought him a printout of the username and password. The username was 80 characters of gibberish with the word cabbages in the middle of it. No particular reason, just to make him wonder why. The password was composed entirely of uppercase I, lowercase l, 1, tall bracket, 0, and uppercase O. 300 characters of it. I never heard a peep about it again. And then, of course, the next comment is, My cabbages! Our next Reddit post is from a blackbird named Jude. So, my last relationship was beyond bad. He was all sorts of abusive and controlling. At one point, I had the strength to break up with him, but then we got back together after we discussed some things. Stupid, I know, but yeah, that's just how love is. Well, anyways, one of the things that we agreed on was that he and I would stop drinking alcohol because he was beyond crazy aggressive when he drank, and I wanted to support his sobriety. This is really important. Fast forward about 8 months or so, and we got into a huge fight, and I not only broke up with him, I kicked him out of the house and told him he wasn't ever allowed back inside. We've been living together for over a year at this point, so his mom got in touch with me about getting his stuff. While on the phone with her, I could hear him in the background saying, Make sure they get everything that I own or bought. I want it all back. Apparently, even stuff he gifted me he wanted back, but honestly, I didn't care. I was happy to get rid of anything related to him. While cleaning our room up and gathering everything, I started to come across numerous bottles and cans of alcohol. It seems that he had been drinking again for a while and was hiding the evidence in the room. I mean, he was hiding them under the bed, in his guitar case, rolled up in his clothes, in some old backpacks of mine, and so on and so on. He did say he wanted everything of his, so any bottle in the few unopened cans I found went straight into one of the garbage bags of his stuff. 
by the time I'd gathered everything up, I had three bags of stuff and one was basically just all the alcohol. Dropping them off was just so satisfying. He actually called moments after I left his parents' place, ranting about how petty and immature I was being. My response? Well, you wanted all your stuff back, and those definitely weren't mine. Plus, I figured you'd probably need a drink to deal with the breakup. I promptly ended the call and blocked him on everything. The most satisfying thing I've ever done. Our next Reddit post is from Dorky Dad. I work as a supervisor at a manufacturing plant, and I was hired for an 8-hour shift as a nighttime supervisor. As soon as I started, they changed their mind and said they really considered the shift to be from 11pm to 7.30. So they would need it to be 8.5 hours. I'm salaried, there wasn't much I could do, and it wasn't a big deal, so I said okay. As I get into a groove working there, I find out that the second supervisor's shift is a train wreck. No one would describe him to me. They just said that I had to meet him. He leaves an hour or two early from his shift two to three times a week. Friday nights, he leaves the plane at 5.30 and tells him to call him if there are any problems. He calls out at minimum once a week. It's psychotic. Every time that he's out, I come in at around 8pm to cover the last three hours of his shift and my full shift. At least once a week I do it. I figure the company is going to deal with this guy, but as time passes, they obviously don't. Structurally, the company is just as bad as he is. Infighting, rivalries, backstabbing, all of that. But I work nights so I don't see much of it. Then, Sarah starts as my boss. I actually have two bosses, which is how every successful employee works. Sarah is a nightmare. Sarah wants me to work 11pm to 11am on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And 11pm to 10am on Friday. I dig in my heels, document like crazy, and after a couple of months of harassment, HR finally backs me up and she has to stop. But now, Sarah is angry. And she sees me leaving 15 minutes early one morning after I came in two hours early. She sends me an email clarifying our time expectations. The second shift train wreck doesn't come in that night, so I come in at 8pm and the next morning, Sarah sees me leave 20 minutes early. I get an email saying that she's coming in early to talk to me, and when she shows up, I'm getting a formal warning for my early departures that's going into my personnel file. I've never been written up in my life. During the meeting with HR in attendance, she said that I'm expected to be there for my 8.5 hour shift. I made sure that the expectation was on record for an 8.5 hour shift, which HR documented. The next week, the second shift supervisor is out for two days. After the first day, Sarah asked me the next morning why I didn't come in early since there were problems with his shift. And I said that I fulfilled my 8.5 hour shift so I'm not responsible for his. They had to hire a contractor at $125 an hour to cover all of his missed time, which amounted to 19 weeks this past year. Eventually, they hired a fourth supervisor at $85,000 per year to cover his gaps. Sarah got demoted, and I only ever work eight and a half hours. OP, if I were you, I'd go and update my resume, because this company sounds like a train that's barreling towards a cliff. Our next Reddit post is from Jada. When I was a teaching assistant, I used to work as a substitute teacher for very unruly classes. That is to say, the classes that licensed teachers wouldn't accept. I had full responsibility, I worked all the hours, and my numbers showed that my class was making great progress. I just had some bad luck that caused me to not finish teaching college at that time. 
because I didn't have my license, my boss came to me one day and talked about how I was too uneducated and inexperienced to teach and that I must have had someone else telling me what to do. I told her I didn't, but she didn't believe me, and she told me that she'll be watching me like an eagle to see if I was fraudulent. That is, changing grades and stuff. I never did anything to my students. I'm not a cruel person, and I didn't want anyone implying that I wasn't doing my job as expected. All of my students graduated with scores higher than what you would have expected beforehand. But I started to behave like a beginner student teacher to my boss only. I asked really stupid questions, like, how can I make my class quiet? I'm really too uneducated to know, so can you please help this teacher out by showing me? I knew fully well that my formerly disruptive class would never listen to her. I called her for everything. A parent wanting to talk to me, a kid who fell down and needed a band-aid, anything. I made sure to tell her that I was too uneducated and inexperienced to handle such a task, and I needed to observe a true pro-work. My colleagues got in on it too. They started pointing out everything that I wasn't allowed to do, but was still expected to do, and told my boss that she was being very fraudulent by expecting me to do these things. In the meantime, I was discussing gamification, the need for programming in English in primary school, showing other colleagues new teaching methods and digital systems, all the goodies. After six weeks, she was done. She called me to her office and apologized to me for saying that I was too uneducated and inexperienced. And she also said how she was renewing my contract and got some budget to pay for half of my studies. I was happy to tell her that I had already gotten a new job that would pay for me to get my license and I would get creative freedom without being watched like an eagle. That was two years ago. I almost have my license and I still work at that awesome school that hired me after the allegations of being uneducated and inexperienced at my old job. I even got a reward and a trophy from the board for doing exceptional work and obtaining goals with my students. In my experience, the single best way to get your manager to appreciate you is to get them to help you do your work. Because they don't want to help you with your work. Sure, they're supposed to help you with your work because that's part of their job, but no one actually wants to do it. Because deep down, most managers are just plain lazy. So the second that OP made her boss actually do her job and help her do these things, she was like, I give up, I give up. Please, I don't want to do this work. Our next Reddit post is from MC Pucks. I was in my first semester of college working at my first full-time job. I was taking phone calls one day when I received a phone call that went something like this. Hello, thank you for calling. Hello, I'm calling to complain. Your office provided dentures for my grandmother and you charged her far too much for them. I'm sorry about that, but this isn't... But nothing. How can you possibly treat an elderly person this way? You clearly took advantage of her and... Excuse me, if I can say something real quick? No, do not interrupt me. I have something to say to you people. You should be ashamed of yourselves. So I did as they asked. I didn't interrupt. This continued for a solid 45 minutes. They laid into me hard. She was very upset about the way that her grandmother was treated. She was fully justified, I might add. Her grandmother was treated horribly and was very clearly taken advantage of with her procedure. They come to the end of their rant. I'll be reporting your office for their behavior. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, I'm terribly sorry for how your grandma was treated. That's horrible, and nobody should take advantage of the elderly that way. But I'm afraid that you have the wrong number. That's what I was trying to tell you. This isn't such and such dental practice? No, this is another business. We build websites for dental practices. 
The dental practice you mentioned is our client. Big reveal. My job was tech support agent for a dental website company. Somehow this person got our phone number from the practice's website, and since they were deaf into rage, they wouldn't listen when I tried to inform them. They apologized for wasting my time and wished me a good day. I thanked her for her apology, wished them an equally good day, and had a very good laugh with my coworkers once they hung up. And OP adds in an edit. A lot of people have asked, why didn't you just hang up? And to that I say, if I hung up, they were just going to call back again, but angrier. Two, it was very entertaining. Three, since I knew they had a wrong number, I didn't really have to pay close attention to what they were saying, so I just kind of took a 45-minute break and browsed the internet. Four, at least I didn't have to talk to an actual angry customer for 45 minutes. And for those who insinuate that it was bad work ethic to waste company time or spend 45 minutes on a wrong number call, well, yeah, you're not wrong. Welcome to customer service. I used to take smoke breaks just to get away from angry customer phone calls and emails, and I don't smoke. Our next Reddit post is from Vark. My ex-wife and I broke up because she cheated, so our separation was quite tumultuous. She still hadn't apologized for the act of cheating and still denied it, even though I knew beyond any reasonable doubt that she did it. I was incredibly hurt at the time, and I'll admit that I wasn't acting my best, but I still tried to treat her fairly. When she left, we agreed that she would take over the payment for our car because she needed it for work. Our other car was totally paid off, and I couldn't afford the payment on the one that she drove. But I agreed to leave my name on the loan because her credit didn't qualify. To be honest, I didn't really have an alternative. I told her that she could keep it for as long as she made the payments, and that if she paid it off I would immediately sign her over the title. But if she started flaking on the payments I would have the car voluntarily repossessed. I also agreed to give her the washer and dryer on the condition that she take over the car payments. I had purchased the washer and dryer, but I had no use for them because I lived in an apartment at the time. This is important for later. Well, we inevitably got into a disagreement over the parenting of our children, and she randomly showed up with the car, handed me the keys, and said, Have fun figuring out how to make the payments. She knew that I couldn't afford them. And then she ended with, And get all of your junk out of my storage unit. We hadn't yet finished untangling the mess of items in our jointly owned storage unit, but she wanted it done immediately because she was mad. So I did what she asked. I went over that day to get my stuff out of our storage unit. While I was there, I saw the washer and dryer sitting in the corner and immediately remembered that I had only given them to her on the condition that she pay off the car. So I took them. I had absolutely zero need for them at the time, but she had specifically wanted my stuff out of her storage unit, so who was I to argue? She called me a day later, screaming about telling me that she had filed a police report. I just laughed knowing they wouldn't do anything because it was my property. The story gets better. As it turns out, she was just angry and actually wanted the car back. Well, the day after she dropped it off on me, I got into a freak accident and totaled the car. Don't worry, everyone was okay. So she ended up without a car and I never had to make a single payment on it. The universe wanted to maliciously comply with her demands. Down in the comments, we have this story from Vlad Taltos. I once watched my brother's ex-girlfriend throw a big frozen roast at him. This was her last act of desperation as he and I moved his stuff out of her house. That freaking roast bounced off the floor and my brother caught it in his stride and walked out with that as well. We ate the roast for dinner later that night back at his new place. So I guess you could say that your brother's girlfriend had a beef with him. Or that perhaps with all those insults she was throwing at him, he got roasted. 
That was r slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, then check out my Patreon where I publish extra episodes. Also, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.